welcome to another filthy episode of Wigless and Crying. My name is Adrian Anchando, and I'm here with Joshua Allen. Yes. And JC Lee. Hi. For those of you that might be tuning in for the first time because we are now on iTunes, really exciting, right, guys? <laughs> it's amazing. Finally, I yes. Can't. Though we cannot promise or guarantee that we will still be there by the time you hear this. <laughs> it was hey, so I'm nice sorry. to hear our us. Our ratings are good. Yeah. People, our, the reviews are in. They the are, in. are in. All five of them. Yeah. Look, it's hard to keep thinking up names to change to every <laughs> yeah. time I have to write a new review. Yeah, guys, can you follow us on Twitter? Because it's looking a little sad. I think we have like 83 followers. Yeah. And 75 of them are bots. <laughs> and, and the other eight are me. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, we do this podcast semi-sort of weekly. And um, we put a bunch of topics into a wig. Some of them come from listeners like you. So please make sure you tweet us your topic suggestions to at Cry, Or you could message us on Facebook or, you know, leave a comment and rating on iTunes. And then we will find it there. Or find us on Scruff. Oh, or that. Yeah, it's the picture of the butthole. <laughs> oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the one. Um, Adrian, I, can I also say though? I think it's important that that new listener knows that we're drunk when we do this podcast. Oh yes, of course. Because otherwise, oh yeah, that's a really do, important can, thing yeah. to say. Because they're really going to think we have some form of palsy. Yeah, yeah. The cute one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't cute palsy a thing? No, Is it not. No. Well, is that instead of your skin drooping, it actually goes up into like a facelift? Honey, I you should can't. check it. and You should this look into not, that. I would love that. This is not. No, this is not, it's no. so offensive. Yeah. I don't know. Last time I talked about the Zika virus we're and lose, how we're going to lose the support of key groups. We might. We might. <laughs> All the microcephaly babies are like, "Fuck <laughs> this show. <laughs> <laughs> this show is rude." Stop! I don't want to laugh at that. They can't hear. Okay, so this this week has been pretty exciting. We're going to get through all the political stuff really quickly because our last episode was full of politics and we want to just get it over with. So we had the New York primary mm-hmm. and, yes, of I course, mean. big night for Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. God. And also, we had five states in a primary. Hillary Clinton yeah. won four well, everyth- out of five. Everything but Rhode Island, yeah. yeah. And Donald Trump won all, all five. five. But, like, by huge margins. He is the presumptive Republican and, nominee yeah, for Yeah, let president. him tell it and let the numbers tell it. Girl. Can you just imagine? I, I, we're living. We don't in have a to time. imagine. It's happening. We're yeah, living we in a time right now it. where mm-hmm. Donald Trump is going to be our Republican nominee mm-hmm. yeah. for president. For president. Blows who, my mind. But, like, who is that running mate? Like, who is it going to be? I don't know, but we know who fucking Ted Cruz's running <gasps> mate is. Okay. Thank Can you. you. Let me. Uh, this is an open letter to Ted Snooze. <laughs> He's a loyal listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been tweeting us. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Ted, how you going to pick a running mate, trot her out? You ain't got man nomination. You literally were just mathematically excluded Desperate the other day. Empathetic. You were just mathematically excluded from the nomination by delegates. So, like, what are you counting on here? Like, this is gross. He's, he's living, that, he's he living in a fantasy. He wants that Fiorina magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Carly except, Fiorina magic. Except Carly he, could really use magic. Her, he could really use her one delegate. No, she needs a little more magic. Listen. She looks like post-necklace Melisandre. <gasps> also, <laughs> wonderful segue. You like it? That was really good. Yeah. OMG. It was actually so good. I'm so jarred by it that I don't actually... Yeah, I'm actually shocked by how, <laughs> how skillful it was. That so was the other thing yeah. that happened this weekend was the premiere of Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah. And if anything can overshadow the Game of Thrones premiere, it is Beyonce's shade of Jay-Z on her visual album release, Lemonade. Guys, the world did a collective death drop. 
when Lemonade was released um, on so Saturday. Listeners should know that the three of us watched it together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Holding each ho- other. At my home. And there were several points at which I got out of my chair and had to do a run through my kitchen and through my living room. Yeah, we had to yeah. pause it for that. That's the most cardio Josh oh. has gotten in three <laughs> years. No, actually ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She yeah. looks better for it. Yeah. Like, not much. Thank not you, much Beyonce. Better, no. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Her Fitbit is overjoyed. <laughs> Honey. As if. So today is a special episode because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Beyonce and Lemonade. Oh, yeah. Because we had a few people give us a topic of Lemonade to put in the wig. So I don't even need to take it out of the wig. Thank God. Keep her in the fucking bag. She looks bad. It's definitely not a Beyonce wig. Girl, no. 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 This is more like a Rihanna wig. Like SOS (gasps) Rihanna. Old like Rihanna. a like yeah. a pond de replay, Ponder wig. yeah, like wig. like the lace front is not glued island. down, yeah. you know mm-hmm. that kind of wig. We, we have all these memes about how great Beyonce is and how she's like a goddess and everything, but it is pretty amazing that we're living in. Well, she's also an artist. <laughs> yeah, she's also an artist. People yeah. forget that. Yeah, we're living in a time where we have like an actual like living legend. Can I say something about that? This like artist thing with Beyonce, like mm-hmm. Lemonade, is an album that is about black women, right? And she is a powerful black woman who I think is so often dismissed as like just a puppet. She just doesn't have any artistry, yeah. whatever. But she's just made an album all about how black women are dismissed. Right, right. So there's a certain irony to the fact that she drops this incredible album yeah, yeah. that may be the best of her career, arguably and the best of her career. Also, I was I was talking to a coworker the other day and we were saying how like she is finally like with with Don't Hurt Yourself, with like all those songs, she's finally going, white America, I'm just not talking to you. Like, I'm not um, talking to you. This ain't for you. Yeah. Like, everything I do ain't gonna be for you. This for the sisters. Like, they gonna understand what I'm saying. I'm gonna drop N-bombs. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. like, I'm just gonna go there yeah. in a way that's like H-Town yeah. for the gods. Yeah. And like, I'm not interested in appealing to like a wide swath of the population. Well, anymore. it also right. seems like she doesn't really care that much about making money off of singles because Correct. she's I mean, worked, they already, uh, come on. She's worked yeah. to a point in her I'm life. I'm pretty sure they have the deed to my life. Yeah. <laughs> Blue is like, can we get another girl? Yeah. I need to get this Bentley. <laughs> yeah. Instead of dolls, Blue has actual human beings. Yeah. Beyonce is waiting for Blue Ivy to grow up old enough to be the third Destiny's Child when they kick Michelle out. Oh, Oh, I saw a formation video. She had her own. Yeah, that's true. She had her own Michelle? And Kelly. Remember behind her? her. Good for her. But I think Beyonce's worked to a point. Yeah, they picked out two girls who were darker than Blue and put her back behind her. It's Destiny's Child. Yeah. But I think Beyonce has worked to a point in her life where she can actually release the music that she's probably always wanted to release. You know, she's been through years and years of... No, I think life had to get her here. Yeah. I think life and obviously her marriage... Yeah, there's a, had to there's get a her bit there. about her marriage in this. She couldn't have put out no lemonade. Just a little and bit. Crazy in Love couldn't have been no lemon. Dangerously in Love, whatever. That, it was called Dangerously in Love. Yeah. That couldn't have been no lemonade. Yeah. Like, she. this is clearly... A point in a trajectory right, right. that, like, you can't without that arc, you can't get no lemonade. Yeah. So, besides this Beyonce era, what is your favorite Beyonce moment ever? Or iconic look or or you song? Ask, you oh you can't God. ask people to do that. I will say, I remember where I was when I first saw the single ladies video. I was with my friend Ross at a Chinese restaurant on Seventh Avenue South uh-huh. in New York City. And I watched the video and I was just like, wait, 
hold the phone, baby Jesus. A, just technically, what an accomplishment. Some people say, I remember where I was when 9-11 happened, but Josh started his sentence with like, I remember where I was when single ladies happened. I also remember where I was during 9-11. Come on. You were getting a (laughs) blowjob? He was testing the beta of Grindr. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it worked. I really love Beyonce and Destiny's Child. I think my favorite, I will never forget, sitting in my living room when I saw on TRL, I'm I'm dating myself, on TRL when Bills, Bills, Bills came out. Those four girls in those... Yeah, doing the hair uh-huh. and everything. It was so colorful. It was that so was amazing. R.I.P. Latoya and Latavia. Yeah. Oh, mm. they don't worry. They're they working s- at a Chick Fil A somewhere. So the writings Girl. on the writings on the wall is an album I know literally every, every word, single and every word. syllable yep. Yep. of. Yep. Because my mother took me on a Greyhound bus ride from Chicago, Illinois to Tampa, Florida, and so I had only a few cassette tapes with me at mm-hmm. that time. One of them, and this is this was all the evidence my mother needed to be like, oh, my son is gay. You're yeah. gay, you're gay. I had the writings on the wall. I had 98 Degrees album. Of course. And I had Celine Dion all the way a decade of song. So you were divorced <laughs> and gay. <laughs> you were a divorced white woman and you were gay. Yes. Right. Yes. Got yes. It. Got it. I was gay and shopping at Ann Taylor. Yeah. You were yeah. gay um, and you were a member of the First Wives. I was going to say Talbots. Correct. Great. Oh, Talbots. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, not only do I know every word of that, but I also, because a Greyhound bus from Illinois to Florida... Spoiler alert, it's fucking long. Yeah, yeah it's all So it's I read hard. the liner notes of all of those uh-huh. CDs. And they, in their thank yous, it was like, I want to thank God. I want to thank my mom and my daddy. And I want to thank some restaurant for like their $3.99 crawfish platter. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. These girls are from Texas. These, yeah. <laughs> these queens. queens. <laughs> Done lost it. <laughs> so JC, what's besides the latest album... What is one of your favorite Beyonce moments? I got really, really emotional uh, during the EXO video. I thought that was such a beautiful video. Yeah. And she was having so much fun during that video. Oh, she was in love and no one was cheating on her. Yeah. No, really. It's like such a pure, beautiful video. And it's like her fans are all like there. And there's just something like so great about that video. I I just just love that video. I just one of the couples to be gay, though. And I... I honestly, that's the first thing can I thought of. You're like a self-absorbed fan. Can I revise? Like, just let the, oh let the people love themselves. Can I revise my favorite <laughs> Beyonce moment? Go ahead. No. So, so remember when she sang at Obama's second inauguration? Oh, oh. that, yeah. And that was, first of all, flawless. Yeah. Second of all, when she, when she said, oh, sorry, Mike, in my ear, I don't need you. Yeah. It literally took it right. out in the middle of singing. Yep. But my favorite was when they zoomed in in the background and saw the look on Chuck Schumer's face while she was singing. And it was like the grossest, like most lecherous, like insane to catch a predator, white windowless band look that I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. Because BuzzFeed did this, of course, listicle that was like, 
39 times Beyonce destroyed us during the inauguration. (laughs) Like, number 32 was like, this look on Chuck Schumer's (laughs) face. And they zoomed in on Chuck Schumer. Who's going to be the Senate Majority Leader if Uh, the Democrats retake the Senate? What about the time she stood up for Taylor Swift when Kanye West? Oh, yeah. That was a great. Brought her back out on stage and said, I just got got her award. Thinking about Kanye. No, but it was very classy of her. It was like, it was one of those moments where you're like, like, she's Taylor fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's true. She is fine. Also, we'll never ever forget one of the best moments in Destiny's Child history was when Beyonce and Kelly were walking down with Michelle. (gasps) Yes. Oh, yeah. In that performance. And that she, bitch fell. She fell. And she Michelle fell. busted her face. And they just kept And Kelly had a moment Kelly, where she was like, Do I stop to help my no, she, like, nope. she was like, No, Beyonce nope. ain't stopping. Yeah. Beyonce I can't not stop. stopping. I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop. Yeah. Beyonce not stopping. Hashtag Beyonce not stopping. You guys, Michelle has been through so much. And that survivor honey, video, I when they put th- her out on the raft honey, in the on water. My way back, I went through the Burger King drive through the other day. She's fine. I do think she gave you that chicken she's tenders. really yeah she's really happy about the new Oreo shake she asked me if I wanted it before you are I even so ordered. fucking hateful and rude <laughs> I despise you you leave her alone she's been through a lot sorry, sorry. I do think that the Super Bowl was probably the I first remember one. so I I used to work at a gay bar a great gay bar in San Francisco called High Tops and we were watching the Super Bowl and there was a ton of people there yes a gay bar a gay sports bar it exists um people were going crazy about the game but as soon as Beyonce came on during the halftime show you could hear a pin drop or someone's molly or a top drop or someone's molly or a twink drop <laughs> or a twink Let me, drop <laughs> people were Ooh. mesmerized that performance that that tops any other performance i think in the super bowl that's ever been done Beyonce was incredible and then she had those motherfuckers pop out of the stage and they landed on their heels oh, remember i have a gif of Michelle when she pops a out gif? and then she kind of no, Are she, we doing this? No, she also has a gif because she really loves peanut butter. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. These bitches coming for me tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. The way y'all read me the house down five minutes ago. So what is the future of Beyonce? What <laughs> happens from here? Tina go. Tina gotta go get that baby. Tina gotta get that well, baby. You know get Blue Ivy out of that, that, that house. Let's not forget Tina. the lyric. Let's not forget the lyric she said in one of her songs. Me and my baby gonna be all right. Yeah, that's what a crazy that's yeah. what a crazy lady say before she before throw her she baby out the window. That baby, that baby oh, yeah. gonna be drowned. <laughs> Joy Luck Tina Club. gotta go get that baby. Tina go get that baby. <laughs> Tina pry Matthew's fingers off your throat. And go get Tina, and go get that baby. Everybody in Bloomies walk right past the house of Darian. Everybody walked right past it. Oh, remember House of Darion? Yeah. That was a thing. The last not. time it was ever a thing when she's, is when she said Darion jeans. Yeah, all me, me tied it in my Darion jeans yeah. and single yeah. ladies. And yeah. I was like, oh, come on oh, now. It's yeah. not the same thing. Don't product place. But Tina, go get that baby. Yeah, I'm worried, worried about Blue. Baby. Yeah, I'm worried about Blue. Yeah, I'm just glad that she got a lot of... It, it may not be Darion jeans, but I'm glad that Blue Ivy got Beyonce's jeans instead of Jay-Z's. Did, because that's did, not true. She that got, baby looked she like got a Jay. Mix. <laughs> she, she, got a, she got a mix of them because I feel like Jay-Z's jeans are strong. Not to be a woman on Maury, but look at the nose. <laughs> look at that mouth. Girl, that's Jay I baby. I'm 172% sure that Sean Carter is the father she's gonna be eligible for uh an, an emmy. emmy yeah so now she's gonna want an oscar because she couldn't get it the first time whoa though that's she another was nominated for a golden globe that's another whoa. one of my favorite beyonce moments was dream girls i really loved her in it even though people didn't think she could act I she liked was it. very calm 
oh good she sang the songs <laughs> <laughs> the incredible thing about lemonade is that it's it's got this sort of great horrifying flaw at its center which is like she is doing this album that's all about empowering black women but she is a woman who is hopelessly in love with this guy who continuously right. shits on her. Yeah. And even though the album is all about power and empowerment, at the end she goes back to him and yeah. she's still with him. Yeah. So there is something tragic but, about but that. But you know, the interesting thing is that like she caught a lot of heat from so-called feminists who were like, oh, well, you, you, you going back to him. You forgave him. What message right. does that send to people? And she's like, uh, she clearly seems uninterested in sending a message. Exactly. Yeah. She's it's like, personal. look, and also I, I'm down with it because mm-hmm. I, if, if feminine, I've always been told I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> Unfortunately. So I, <laughs> but I've been told by many women that feminism is about choice. It's about everybody needs just air all these women. We got to give women these choices. So if her choice is right. to be down for her man mm-hmm. and yeah. stay in her marriage, yep. like who are you? It, it's anti-feminist to tell women what to think exactly. when their man cheats on them. Right. It's up to them. It's a personal decision. It's yep. up to her. I believe Look we got a listener done. email about the album, didn't we? We did get a listener email about the album. <clears throat> a certain someone asked us if <laughs> he he loved the album he did love the album he was just asking if the days of fun poppy beyonce are over girl interesting question because in some respects i feel like there's fun and pop even within lemonade like for example daddy lessons to me like even though like when you listen to it you're like ooh. Her basically, it's her father saying to her, "If any man, if you want to get with a man like me, like keep a gun in the nightstand, yeah, like shoot that's, him, <laughs> right? Yeah. Bas- shoot him dead, shoot yeah. him. Like that's a lot, but like at the same time, like it is, it is a fun, it's right. a fun country. Like there, I yeah. think there's a lot of fun in the album actually. Yeah. Like hold up, the video for hold up when she had that bat and, and was twirling." under the fire hydrant. <laughs> we all burst out laughing. Like, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. yeah. I also yeah. think, though, that it, behind a question like that, there is this notion that, like, I think specifically with this album, I think a lot of times we like our women to be entertainers right. and to not not to push us in any kind of a political direction. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that we have someone like Beyonce who's basically saying, fuck you. Like, yeah. I... And this tremendous world superstar. Yeah. She could very easily continue to make pop right. music that will all fucking scream when it comes on at the club. Yeah. She is making music that I think we all do still scream when it comes on at the club, but it's complicated. Like so I was uh I was at Soul Cycle the other day. All right, well I'm signing and, off. And um <laughs> just trying to get skinny and like connect with myself and be grateful and have gratitude for like what I give myself. It isn't working. Somebody it, cut my it, mic. Wow. Okay. Cut, I'm just trying to share mic. an anecdote. So um <laughs> well, anyway, they they played a song from Lemonade and I would be, and everyone was like, yes, like lemonade. And the song came on, and I immediately became aware that I was the only person of color in a room full of white <laughs> girls who were like screaming, yes, to lemonade. And I was like, oh, this is a complicated moment. Yeah. Because 
I this like the music means a certain thing to me. Yeah, and it means a oh, very different thing to right. them. And I was like, wow, this is just one of these cultural dissonance moments. That's right. like, you they're know, I'm hearing it, but they're not hearing it. Yeah. yeah. Like we had a listener a while ago tweet in like a question about who's allowed to dance the formation at the club. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is such a great question, because when you think about it, that song is made for a very specific group of people, black women specifically. Like that is their anthem. That is their song. And if not just black women, then black people. Like it's mm-hmm. it's theirs. It belongs to them. Yeah. And there is like part of me wanted to be like, yeah, I think only black people should be allowed to dance no. around right. in the club. But I mean, is uh, the, here's the thing. It's 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 tricky because is it is it messed up when you look up and see a whole bunch of like twenty four year old white boys dancing in formation at Mickey? Like, is that it? To me, on a certain level, it's not about allowed. But like on yeah, a certain allow level, is the wrong word. On a certain level, it can be. Tr- I can see how it's troubling. Uh huh. It's kind of like when 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 you go to the gay bar and you hear like the soundtrack to Frozen being played in with a dance beat. It's like that wasn't meant to be <laughs> done that <laughs> right. way. Right. You know? right. I think I think it's but, I think it's more complicated with formation and with this this specifically this album because. What's great, what's cool to me with the the fuck you at the core of the album is that Beyonce is like, I have given you, I've, I've placed myself at the center I've of. I've given you Bootylicious. Right. I've, I've given you I've no, put no, myself no. at the center of your pop consciousness. Yeah. But then. Single ladies, my God. Yeah. But then she says, but now I'm going to drop a song that's, I'm going to drop an album that's going to not allow you to commodify me the way that. Well, because so she's, many... she's commodifying her marriage herself, right? Yeah. Like she's putting it out there, and like throughout the throughout the entire thing, we were going, okay, this is definitely going to end in a public execution of Becky with the good hair. <laughs> like yeah. this is she for sure. Somebody, oh, she did. This is going to become like eight millimeter snuff film, like real fast. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, poor Becky. But then, but then, could could you have could you imagine that first like <laughs> session between yeah. her and that poet? Yeah, where the poet was like, okay, so just like tell me how you feel. Tell me a little bit about your life. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, oh, and yeah. Beyonce was just like, just watch my life as a dream. Yeah. <laughs> a no. film by Beyonce Knowles. A film by she Beyonce was like, Knowles. Well, I came home and this motherfucker had some bitch with blonde hair yeah. walking out the the, right. the sliding <laughs> glass door. The sliding glass. <laughs> door. <laughs> you, could you imagine being that poet sitting there going? Okay, I'll put try to put that more artfully, <laughs> but but okay, this is a lot of trauma yeah, and abuse. Be- yeah, Beyonce's mumblecore yeah, session. This is a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. I'm her, just gonna try her to, Houston mumblecore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna try to make this so into who, pretty words. But who like, do we think is like, Becky with the good out, hair? Get out, get out. <laughs> Who's Becky with the good hair? Well, remember Rachel Roy put on right, right. She Instagram like good hair don't care and all yeah. that. Can we talk but about it's not Rachel Ray? That it's not Rachel Ray. Then she didn't make a meal for him. Rachel a really good Ray. meal. Girl. She I made a really good Rachel meal. Ray. No, a thirty-minute meal. Yeah, a thirty-minute. <laughs> 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 like if you're gonna cheat on Beyonce, Rachel Roy. Like I just for real though. First of all, I don't understand cheating on Beyonce. Right. A. That's number one. Uh, two. B. I guess like I don't know about I don't know I I don't know about no Rachel Roy. Well, my thing is this: don't who's she? Don't get on Instagram with your friends in the backseat of some car with some poorly lit selfie, talking about good hair don't care. And then when you get rightfully dragged by the Bayhive, mm-hmm. then those to, then a, ass bitches. make your Instagram private 
and B, go on Twitter talking about bullying is not okay. No matter, I respect marriages and like bullying is not okay regardless yeah. of like who. I was like, okay. You tried to get some come mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. You tried. You congratulations. You got your name and some clickbait headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Yeah. Have several seats. Also, I, I what I was like annoyed by was that so Beyonce makes this album, but she's at least classy enough to not be like it's this. To not bitch. call yeah. her out. Yeah, it's right. her. Yeah. Then she comes out and is like, uh, it's me. But like, yeah. fuck you. Right. Yeah. That's and what I'm tells me like, she just wanted some yeah. something off of it. Go fuck yourself. So what about you wanted, you wanted to be a jump off? And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. she didn't put a track on Lemonade called Rachel Roy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Roy so, Rogers. Roy Rod- <laughs> Come get this extra value meal, Roy Rogers. She ain't do that. She classy. You were saying something about Rita Ora. Uh, yeah, so Rita Ora. I love Rita Ora. I well, mean, that, she's, she's the, the other one. person that people no. think is. You didn't know. Yeah. That? It's Rita. Honey, I mean, it can't be Rita. I reject that. It, it can't be why Rita. Why can't it be? Why not? She's, I don't. She got good hair. <gasps> it can't be Rita, you guys. Is it Rita? I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, but like you acting like that's really far fetched. I I guess now that I'm processing it, it yeah. feels like it could happen. But yeah, I actually think Becky. Me. I think Becky with the good hair is many women. Of course. If you're Jay-Z, you don't just have one person. No, of course not. It's interesting how Lemonade, so much of Lemonade for me is a a critique of that masculinity. Like it's a critique of how the black woman for so long has not only been rejected by like mainstream culture, but also in a lot of ways denigrated by black culture too. Mm -hmm. Like especially dark-skinned black women. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, I can't tell you how many Kanye West songs I've heard where he's just, like, like talking about the virtues of light-skinned women. Like, it's just like, really? And... So I think that there's there's that running through the album too, which I think is really powerful, and and like the imagery from the the movie is really powerful in that regard. I think. I'm going to ask a very controversial question: Do you think that Beyonce would be where she's at if she was darker skinned? No. Yeah. I don't. I really don't. I think that this culture has a terrible, horrifying bias. Well, do you remember that commercial women? she did? Was it L'Oreal? Where they they list like the ancestries of like the famous people who are like in these makeup commercials, and hers said African American, Native American, French, and she caught so much heat for that. Mm-hmm. Like despite the fact that genetically that's probably what she is, right. but she caught so much heat for that. Like oh, you got to claim some other stuff. Why can't you just be black? Why can't you right. just be black? Right. So then like that just like. I mean, the idea that she couldn't anticipate that shitstorm aside. Yeah. Like, I don't... The really hopeful part of me wants to say yes to your question. But the part of me that knows America and knows the world and knows... Where Donald Trump is the presumptive the Republican color, The nominee. colorist issues that not only persist among black people, we have our own color issues, and the ones that happen nationwide. Like, I just... Is that why Kelly and Michelle Ugh. probably... But Beyonce was the lighter skin out of all of them. And by design. Yeah. Like that, I mean, by design. Yeah. It's crazy. Th- th- this, this is making me uncomfortable, which is a clear sign that we this is good. <laughs> you know, I mean... I'm definitely uncomfortable talking about Obviously, that. her father... What's his name? Matthew. Matthew. Oh, Matthew. Obviously, you want your daughter to be the star, of course. You mean your lighter skin daughter? Yeah, your yes, lighter skin daughter. Exactly. That's an oh, important right. distinction. Some of, some of them other ones. That's like, true. I mean, at least we know Solange is a fighter. 
So obviously, a lot of these issues are being discussed in her song "Daddy Lessons," which is maybe my favorite song on the whole album. Can you believe she did a country song? A bitch did a I country song, girl. She gave you some pre-white people country music. Yeah. I put the cunt in country. <laughs> but "Daddy Lessons" is also it's mixing jazz with country, which is really interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that before. It's a it's my favorite song on the album. It, it makes me want to dance. I think it's so smart. A country song makes you want to dance. Yeah, I'll do like a little like in my living room, do like a little hoedown. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I love a hoedown. I beat you to it. Shut the fuck up. I, I like to beat a hoedown. <laughs> Ooh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Sorry, I like to go down on a hoe. No, that, she's so mad. You go down on a hoe. Yeah, that's a hoedown, that's, yeah. that's dirty snatch. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why her mouth looks like that. Oh well, yeah, looks it's like the Holland Tunnel. <laughs> So, Daddy Lessons is your favorite song. What about you, Josh? Um, for me, it's a toss-up between Hold Up, because I just... Yeah, love that song. Because the great thing about Lemonade and the event of it is that, for me, I have a hard time... Se- I can't separate hearing... When I hear the song, I replay the video in my head, because right. they both came at me at the same time. That's like, I, whole... I was exposed to both of them for the first time together. Yeah. yeah. So... I just love the video for Hold Up, and so that made me love the song even more. And so now I love Hold Up, and I also love Don't Hurt Yourself. Yeah. That's kind of the brilliance of Beyonce. Yeah, that's that her intention. She has this huge release event. We all have this like very emotional experience watching the thing, like same thing with the visual album. And then that's like an indelible mark in right. our brain. So every time you hear the yeah. song, you're going to play those images in your head, well, I think what she which said, enhances your experience yeah. of hearing the song, yeah. which yeah. Is, is just brilliant. Yeah, I think what she said was she was always, um, and she was inspired by Michael Jackson and how you watch, you listen to Thriller and you can never not see the video yeah. in your head. And the dance. Yeah. Right. Or bad. Like you cannot... Yeah hear the song without picturing it and that's what she wanted to do i think that's brilliant it's also i always remember there was this moment in i don't know if i've talked about this on the podcast before but there was i remember when the first visual album dropped like out of nowhere we had all sort of we all watched that and were sort of like wrestling with how amazing that album was in private some of us had viewing parties and then i was living in san francisco at the time and there was this club held a drag show and they performed the entire visual album yeah, with drag it was numbers. Incredible. And I remember when we all went there, wow. there was this feeling of like, we've all been listening to this thing in private and having this wonderful experience with it. And then here we are in public having a communal experience together. And it was there was something so special and incredible about yeah, that yeah. that I'll never forget. And I think that she is so good at that i mean we're all so we all heard formation the video came out she performed at the super bowl and then motherfucker the entire nation knew it yeah the next yeah, day yeah yeah and then now she's got a tour and so we're all going to go to this tour freaking the fuck out Guys, because we, we all, have, all have tickets to beyonce just so you can don't be tell that to listener <laughs> <laughs> Listener going to be mad. But it was also like that thing of we got to hear what songs everyone else was freaking out to for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. that's really special. Like, you're like, oh, we all love Drunken Love. Like, Drunken yeah. Love is a special song for all of us. Or, or, or Duncan Love. Yes, honey. There's the plug. Yes, the butt plug. There's watch the butt it. plug. Guys, watch. Came out of her ass, went right onto the microphone. <laughs> watch Duncan Love on YouTube. It was my first parody video and it it went huge like her waistline oof (laughs) reggie was all over the internet like his face in craigslist doesn't count (laughs) 
his oh, face in a, in a ratty wig, <laughs> which we still use to this day for this podcast. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. It's the Reggie wig. It's the Reggie wig from Duncan Love. So, Lord. guys, check it out. It's we'll post funny. the video. Yeah. And then we also have um, the yes, sequel. The sequel with Reggie was um, a partition. The partition. In and Out Mission. Charity, right. In and Out Mission about In and Out Burger. <clears throat> with so, your friend. With Dulce de Leche and yes, Honey Mahogany from yes, RuPaul's Drag Race, yes. who we all love. Yes. She looks exactly like Beyonce. She does. It's uncanny. Yes, even the ass part. And it features maybe one of my favorite moments in any video ever, which is Dulce on the ch- climbing on the over lounge. the chaise lounge <laughs> in the silhouette and then eating a French and fry. Eat, yeah. It's one of my favorite it's things iconic. I've ever it's seen. It's iconic. It's really good. We'll post that too. Check it out. There's my butt plug. Okay, back to Yep, put it right back in where it was. Yeah. Oh, Cute. God. Well, yeah. Ooh. Honey, honey, we're in the studio. We can't have that whistling noise. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's move on to our next topic. Let's see, shaking the wig. Rice queens. Ooh. Just rice queens? Just rice queens. Just rice queens. Yep. Look. <laughs> wow. So, can we, since we have the ultimate geisha right here, can you... She puts the gay in geisha. You're yeah. already undermining everything <laughs> really, that makes me furious really about this. As yeah. the resident Asian, half Asian in the room, mm-hmm. we don't even have a whole Asian in the room. We have, an, we have an Asian hole in the room. <laughs> <laughs> we have two, unfortunately. Two, two Asian holes. holes? No, just two holes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? I think there are a lot more holes than two in this room. <laughs> was, Asian but holes. But wait. Wait, we have two Asian... Where's the other one? Egg rolls or Asian <laughs> holes? What are we saying? Your mouth and your butthole. My mouth and my butthole are the Asian holes? <laughs> Egg yeah. rolls or Asian holes? What are we saying? That's the episode title. <laughs> Egg rolls or Asian <laughs> holes should be the episode what title. What are we saying? I don't okay. know. What's the topic? Uh, I'm just mad now. <laughs> All right. So what's the tea about Rice Queens? Rice Queens. So... I've had a lot who, who of. Should we de- like wait? Should we define? Like we, should we define the? We term? should define the term. We should rice define queen. the term for ladies. Yes. Rice queen is a term used to describe a person, usually a white person, who is specifically attracted to Asians. This translates across heterosexual and homosexual. We generally use it in the homosexual community because there are certain kinds of men who love. Like the subs- the idea of the subservient Asian person, the person who like fulfills this like erotic desire to have an Asian person like serve them because culturally the the West is masculinized and the and East the East is, is feminized. feminized, and yeah, so there's this thing about rice queens which I've experienced certainly in my journeys through the West. What did the West do to you? Honey, what hasn't the West done to me? <laughs> did you have to show them a little wrist? I'm itchy. It's doing it right now. Did I have to show a little wrist? You know, when you were pouring their tea? Okay. You see, you're feeding into it. Come on. We all joke about each other all the time. Can I not say something funny about you? I'm waiting for you to say something funny. Wow. Oh. oh. Um, no. So, I. My, here's my thing. My beef, really, is with... Asians who feed into this. Asians who are like fawning over white guys who don't want to hook up. Because, you know, we all know that there's this like 
online hookup culture of the like no fats, no femmes, no, no Asians. Asians. Yeah, that's and it's thing. and no blacks is never nope. said, but it's but implicit. it's implied. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, like I only want to hook up with like Latinos and Middle Eastern guys, and yep. it's like so black people and Asian people are like excluded, and it I. Because we're, we're too ethnic. We're too ethnic. Yeah. We're too dark. We're too exotic yeah. or yeah, yeah, something, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, yeah, we're yeah. not... We exist outside of the, like, white cultural consciousness. And so we're, like, not attractive in some way. Unless we're being fetishized, right? Like, unless we're right. being <clears throat> explicitly fetishized. But also, I'm like, the spectrum of any racial group is so large that I'm like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Like... There are some Latino people who are darker than I am. Of course. It, it, yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, it's it's this idea. And here's the thing. I think, like, I think Latino people, because many of them are historically mixed, right? Like, right. a lot of them are mixed with white people, just historically from colonialization. So there's this idea that, like, if you're Latino... You're like a little white, but a little dark. And so you're kind of exotic. Yeah. And that's why that's attractive. Whereas if you're black or you're Asian, you're so explicitly not white that right. you're outside of the calculus and you're too exotic. Unless you're being fetishized. Which again is this like insidious power structure that, that infects us all. I definitely experienced that. I've had people f that are white or black that are comfortable with me because I am sort of in between you're a light-skinned latino yeah yeah it's it's like it's you're like safety. just exotic enough yeah i'm like you're a parakeet yeah i'm like i love parakeets i'm like brown enough to like clean your house but like not intimidating <gasps> enough to steal your purse oh, you know oh my god that's <laughs> real though it's that's so real wild. but it's yeah, yeah. but i want to have a moment where i talk to our listener of color who is like i listen if you're Asian and you're listening to this and you're gay, I just have a message for you. If you are one of these people who's like fawning after the white boy, fucking stop it. Just fucking stop it. It enrages me. Well, yeah, but I think but it's hard. I will, I, will, I will say yes and. If that is your truth, I would say just look at why you're doing it. Yes. Like Take if, a moment. If you investigate and you go, you know what? I'm a fully realized... Asian queen, and I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm Juju B. I like crossword puzzles, big dicks, and fried chicken, and white dudes do it for me. Then, like, more power to you. Sure. But if you're doing it out of some sort, like, if you're unconsciously doing it out of some sort of M butterfly realness, girl, then stop it because that ain't a realness. Paging Miss Huang. That's not like, a realness. Let me say, I don't, and here's my thing. I believe, like, you can fall in love with whoever you fall in love with. If you're an Asian person or a black person <clears throat> and you fall in love with someone from another race, that's not, I'm not denigrating that right. at all. And that's why I said what I said, because I don't want us, to, I don't want right. us to look like we saying you can't be attracted to white people right. if you're Asian. That I'm not no like sense. Malcolm Fag. Like, I'm saying, like, love who you want to love. Is but, that your gay version of Malcolm yeah. X? Is it? No, that's not, no. Let me be me. Um, so <laughs> We've but, been trying that. It's, it's not, not working. It's, I'm That's, the Asian one. But doesn't this come from doesn't this come from years and years really of being rejected? It. <laughs> it was really loud, sorry. Doesn't this come from years and years of being rejected by 
white people and the one moment they f- they find someone who fetishizes them they feed into it isn't that where it I comes from i don't think it's about being rejected i think it's about internalizing yeah this western standards of standard attractiveness. of attractiveness right like, the thing that drives this is the same thing that drives black women to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars straightening their hair it's the yeah. exact it's what same made thing. little kim look the way she looks today. correct it just manifests Oof. itself in different ways yeah i think we all have we have in really weird insidious ways internalized western ideals of beauty and it's fucked us all up like we're all fucked up from it and i think that like i mean yeah guilt here true true present guilty yeah 100 percent. and like what's crazy is i think of myself as like pretty aware of this stuff but i'll find myself out some nights in la or like talking with friends and it sneaks up on you in roundabout ways because you're talking to some other person of color, but their idea of what yeah. beautiful is is not you. It's on and a it level that's deeper than back consciousness. On you and yeah. you're like, oh shit, wait, why am I feeling insecure and terrible? Yeah. And you realize it you can't really insulate yourself from it because it is the existing paradigm. So yeah, I just and then, but yeah. see to me to me it's just it goes back to what you said, Adrian. It goes, it's like well, I'm trying to interact with other, uh, let's just keep it gay. I'm trying to interact with other gays of color, but we're all focused on that standard of attractiveness. That one white guy in the bar who's giving the one Correct. guy attention. We're all looking at that. So like, okay, well then I'll just let myself be fetishized a little bit. If right. like that, that's how I'm going to get some. Oh my tonight. God, and I'm so guilty of that. I'm if so guilty I'm gonna of get some indulging tonight, in that because yeah. you're like, oh wow, this is the thing that's going to make me feel valid as a person. I have to perform a role for someone. Oh, how damaging and, is this psychologically? Oh, it's terrible. And we don't, I don't think... A lot of times I don't think we realize how much weight that puts on us, what what a burden that is to carry that around, that we are always evaluating ourselves in opposition to the thing we think is supposed to be attractive. Well, let me beautiful. ask you something. Would you go to like like an Asian night at a at a bar, like a gay bar? Would I? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would go like to that. Like to find someone. If there's alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I mean when I, why, the reason why I'm asking this is because you go out to WeHo a lot, and that is specifically a, a white gay neighborhood. And yeah, sure. Is it because you're searching for the pink dick? Whiteness? Like, yeah, the pink dick. <laughs> the pink the dick. Pink oh, my God, search- that's also a potential episode. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> the gracious, pink the pink so dick. Good. Are you searching for the Ugh. pink dick? Am I thirsty for the pink dick? Is there a well, cream for that? <laughs> Josh has been looking for a cream for the pink dick for years. Literally, is there a cream for that is the title of my memoir. <laughs> Or would you? It's, uh, it'll never be in stores. So, like, please yeah, don't even. No. no, no, it's not on Amazon Books. No, though. it's really not. But it's would you not go, on Goodreads. Would you go? Would you go to an Asian night um, to be amongst other Asians and have? Would you have fun? Oh, of course I would. I I have never not had fun wherever I go because I'm generally drunk. But the problem with an Asian night, and this and this is in evidence at any sort of like Asian themed night at a gay bar, is you go to the Asian night and what is it? It's a bunch of Asian guys waiting around for the, for the white guy who's, who the rice queen who white, shows up yes. and is like, I want an Asian. And then they all fight over which the white is why, guy. Yeah. Which is why I think any concept of like, let's call, let if I own a bar, let's call a night, let's name a night after a racial group is there so crazy. There was Club Dragon in San Francisco. But also like, yeah. 
imagine like okay this happens anyway just because of the nature of west hollywood but imagine if it were here lounge r.i.p decided to go oh it's white night yeah right like people would be like what the fuck bitch wet yeah yeah but like no one would bat an eye if like you have asian night so like I, i i i that bothers me well, and you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a black a night, black night, yeah. But you yeah. do have hip hop night, which right, is implicitly exactly. yeah. black night, right? right? Like because you're trying to attract that night. crowd. But yeah. well, you, you have a Latin night, and I I will say that it is there's the difference right there because people go to a Latin night uh, not just to find a white guy; they go there to find other Latinos. So sure. uh, that is the difference, I guess, between. Uh, but I, again, I think that Latinos exist in a different, in almost a different category because I think that there is this like. There's a whiteness inherent in a lot of, not all, certainly not all, but in a lot of Latinos. And I'm, yeah. yeah. That makes them kind of an extension of whiteness. Yeah. Not to diminish, like, the uniqueness of the varying cultures of what it means to be Latino. But I think for a lot of gay men, there's like, oh, Latinos are like, whatever. They're like a slightly darker version. They're like an off-white for a lot of white guys. Yes, honey, an ecru. I feel like the I feel like the secondary purpose of an Asian night is to bring Asian people together. The primary purpose of it is to signal to people who are into Asians that, that this is where you can here. find a yeah, whole find bunch Asians. of this. Right, right. And, the, my, and have your pick of the litter. And yeah. my frustration with that, my deep, deep frustration with that, and I think this it's is heterosexual. It's really easy to get them or home. Don't tell my Asian flush, because that's yeah. real. It's real. Well... I don't have it. There are some stereotypes that are just real. Very clear. Look, I mean, just imagine you're a person who historically throughout your romantic life has been really into Asian guys. Like you're not you're not uh, one of those assholes on Grindr or all these other apps who are talking about no blacks, no this, no that. Right. You just know, Okay, when I look back over my gay life. Uh, I the, like Asian. The people who have, who have tended to do it for me have been Asian. Mm-hmm. So I hear of an Asian night. Why the hell wouldn't I go? Right. And I think that I think I think any any bar or club that's actually formalizing that into a night is taking that into account. I agree with that. And I also what makes me furious about that is the willingness of a lot of Asian guys to participate in that game. Like, that they're willing to role-play in that way. And I just I just want Asian gays to love themselves a little bit more. So, are you saying that the culture is more submissive or something? No, I'm saying that, that there is a projection of that yeah. onto the culture. And that there are a lot of people within the culture who then have acquiesced to that. Yeah. Because they have So, like, have the white man's going to come and conquer all the Asian, all the Asian bottoms the Asian in, the, in, in the gay bars. Well, that Asians aren't allowed to be tops. Like, Asians I mean, are, it is hard to find. It's like a vegetarian velociraptor. this is my point, though. You're making my point. Is that it's so Asian? Ma- Asian? Is it like that? It is like that. Is it like a vegetarian velociraptor? Yep. There's no such thing as a. Ve- I'm so angry. I'm so. I think I'm, that's the point he's making. I'm yeah. filled. I'm just filled with I'm just furious like rage. I just like to see JC turned red. I'm. Well, I'm well, drinking. That's, but I can make the joke and no one else can. <laughs> um, I. It. It just makes me angry because they. Because the reason you say something like "Oh, I can't find any Asian tops" is because they're subscribing to this bullshit. Right. Right. They're subscribing to this thing like I'm an Asian. I'm slightly smaller wait, so than a lot your, of the people around argument, me. So I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed wait, to be. Wait. So is your argument that like they're 
gaysians out there who would rather be tops, but because of cultural Yeah, I things, 100% believe that. They why, just bottom. Why would there be a higher percentage of Asians who are bottoms? That's so interesting. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, there's that's not a thing. That's not a genetic thing that, like, one group is more predisposed to be bottoms than tops. That's a psychological thing that you've in you've internalized and you go out into the world and people are like, I'm not going to let you fuck me because you're an Asian. You're going to bottom for me. Wow. So... I'm going to learn to be subservient. Oh, I'm learning tonight. Which is why you fucking bitches out in fucking West Hollywood chasing this white dick. Is she talking to you? Fucking stop that shit. This is really interesting. If you guys have more questions about this, you can ask. So we're going to do a listener. We're going to do a live broadcast from Rage next. Yeah, Rage. Or you can visit JC at JC Lee's Chinese Restaurant and Laundry. This fucking bitch. She said, "No, t- if no you tiki- need me, I will be pushing my no tiki- dim sum no cart tiki- in no Koreatown. No tiki- I will be no pushing blouse. it up Western between Third and Beverly <laughs> on Saturday. I will have the good dumplings. Come see a bitch. All right, let's she, puts, bitch. she puts the dump in dumplings." <laughs> He also puts the dim in dim sum. What the fuck? Way to undermine a segment. (laughs) So we would actually love to hear what you guys think about this topic because I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions. So you guys can tweet us or message us. At Wigless Cry. Yes. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our recommendations. I'm going to start. I have a book that I gave to a bunch of people for Christmas this year. It's called Just Kids by Patti Smith. It's an incredible book. It broke my heart and made me fall in love. And it was just really beautiful. It's the true story of her relationship with Robert Maplethorpe and just about unconditional love. And growing up in a time in New York when being an artist. It made me jealous of them living on St. Mark's for no money. Yeah. Yeah. Where where being an artist and being uh, famous didn't mean that you had money. They were all living pretty poor, and they all kind of really knew each poor. other. All these, they knew Jimi Hendrix. They knew Andy Warhol. Yep, yep. All they were people. all friends. So Allen Ginsberg. It's, yeah, it's a it's a really great and um, heart wrenching story. And they're actually making a, I think a movie and a miniseries, one on HBO, one on Showtime. So read that book before it comes out because it's a really important book for people to read. I love that book. Okay, uh, JC, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, I want to recommend an app that was recommended to me a few months ago, and it really changed my life, and it's called Pocket. This app is this... It, it basically, if you're surfing the web, if you're in the middle of, like, you're on Facebook, there's this article that you really, really like, you click Pocket, and it saves the article or the or the website or whatever it is, and it just saves it in this separate app. And then when you have time offline, you can go back and read it. And what I love about it is it's just become the thing. Instead of if I'm online at the grocery store or I'm at the dentist office, instead of like going on social media and basically wasting my life. I go on Pocket and I'm like, oh, here are all these things that I wanted to read that I didn't have time to read. 
and I can read it up until I need to do whatever I have to do, and Pocket will then save where I read up to, so that at the next time that I have free time, I can go back to that app. Across your devices. Across all devices, and read up to whatever it is. So So instead of going to a doctor's office and ripping up pages from Time Magazine or something, this is sort of like... uh, (laughs) I don't know anyone who does that, Um, but... Just men's health. You're so dark and upsetting <laughs> and weird. Okay, Josh, what's your recommendation? My recommendation is a documentary called Money for Nothing that is on Netflix. It's about the history and purpose of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. And it's great because it, it's narrated by, I think, Liev Schreiber, I think. Oh, her. But it breaks the Fed down into terms anybody can understand. But one great part of it is that in the toward the very beginning... It's like a man on the street interviews where they go up to random people and like, do you know what the Federal Reserve does? And they're like, I know. Um, is that like government when they do everything like for the Iraq <laughs> and uh, and everybody should help each other? Wow. And like, it's like Miss Teen South Carolina when oh, they, they go up to a hundred people and ev- no one knows yeah. what the Federal Reserve does. But this documentary not only demystifies it, but also kind of makes a really cogent argument for why we need it. So that next time you're talking to some sort of Ron Paul supporter who's like, end the Fed, you can be like, well, no, and here's why. Great. That's great. Yeah, I I should also say add another Netflix documentary that you should all tune in for um, that's coming up soon is the second season of Making a Murderer called Making a Becky. You know what? <laughs> I, I I saw making a I saw making a Becky. It aired on HBO. Yeah, and now you can find it. You can find making a Becky on title. I see Mecky making a Becky every weekend at the Abbey. Yeah, so I'm fine. <laughs> I've been making a Becky for years now. She's not done. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's time for our mother to speak. Mother Williams. So. You might remember that the last episode's quote was just about as trashy as can be. This quote is from Tennessee Williams' memoirs, which were published in the year 1975. It would be hard to devise a summer more to my satisfaction, especially with friends such as Isherwood, Lim Ayers, and Eugene Loring. I would often spend the night at Margot Jones' Pasadena Cottage, It contained only two beds, and when a certain personable young poetry publisher arrived, he was given the sofa to sleep on one night when lights were extinguished. (laughs) I came to the living room door and invited him to take or to share my bed. He declined the honor quite gently. I wasn't always rejected in such a gentlemanly fashion, and I remember being in a Hollywood bar one night I kept staring at an attractive young sailor until he could no longer ignore the implication. (laughs) He downed his beer and barged up to me and said, the way I feel tonight, I could fuck a snake. (laughs) I am proud to say that I told him to go snake hunting. (laughs) 
Oh, Mother. Oh, mother great. Williams. So last time on our podcast, we challenged our listener to uh, come up with a drag name. <laughs> our listener. Come up with a drag name for us to, to read like RuPaul would at the end of one of our episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I think JC has it. We haven't heard it yet. So Yes. So one of our listener tweeted <laughs> the following drag name to us, and we've come up with our read. Slobodan Mimosa Bitch. <laughs> Slobodan Mimosa Bitch, in tonight's mini challenge, you were a full pitcher, but your runway couture was near genocidal. Oh Ooh. my god. I'm sorry, my dear, but you are up for international intervention. Oh. oh. That's really, that's wow. a lot. Bring it back to the Clinton years. Yeah. Hunte. Go ahead, Joshua. Frida Slaves. <laughs> in the main challenge, you put the sleigh in slaves. But on the runway, we could see your roots. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry my, my dear, dear, but, but you, you are, are up for, for emancipation. <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, and mine is... Malignant Melanoma. <laughs> Tumor has it that your snatch game was <laughs> Tumor has it that your snatch game was radioactive. But your runway look was a vitamin disaster. I'm sorry, my dear, but, but you, you are up, up for, for elimination, elimination. Yeah, and chemo. <laughs> You are up for radiation. <laughs> Please meet us on stage Please. four. <laughs> well, that uh, concludes this episode uh, of Wigless and Crying. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you tweet thank us. You, thank you, guy. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Make sure you tweet us using the handle at Wigless Cry with your topic suggestions. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and share it with your friend. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, love you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. And rub up and fill up, kiss up and rub up and fill up on you. Give you some time to prove that I can trust you. Again, I'm gonna kiss up and rub up and fill up, kiss up and rub up and fill up on you. Oh.